0: Okay, wait, so the wedding will end, you'll you'll party, 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 turn around, what kind of, like, are you going to sleep at all? I mean, is there even time to sleep? All right, welcome back to another episode of What Did I Miss? My name is Michelle Beadle. I am joined today by NFL guru, all things at The Athletic, Robert Mays, who, thank you very much. For getting the beanie notice it's officially 30 degrees in texas this is the only time i'm allowed to
1: wear this i don't know about you i mean it's less than that here i live in chicago <laughs> it's very cold all the time in these winter months and people think i'm trying to make sort of statement with it fashion wise when i wear it on a podcast yeah. it's one yeah. laziness because i don't want to do my hair and two yep it's cold i have these on because yeah. it's cold all the time so this is the type of hat i wear in the winter it's laziness yeah. and warmth those are the only two I reasons i do look
0: I take it as a compliment that someone would go as far as to think any of this is ever a fashion (laughs) choice. Like, I legitimately don't want to wash my hair, and if I'm not wearing this, I'm wearing a cap, so... Get used to it. It's not TV. That's the beauty. That's Um, all right. So here's the deal. I don't know. I I, like, like, obviously, you're the football guru. And I watched last week. I that term.
1: You keep using it. I I feel like you're taking it way too far. I I am a football observer who enjoys the game very much. I don't know how much I know. I can get you excited. That is one thing I absolutely can do. That's because I trade solely in enthusiasm.
0: Okay, fine. Then that's what we want. Because last week, I, along with millions, uh, watched all the games because we are suckers and Charlie Browns. And (laughs) it wasn't fun. And when it was all said and done, I feel like I wasted a lot of hours of a weekend that probably should have been spent outside in the fresh air. So here we are. I'll preface this by saying, just by sheer numbers, this will be more exciting. However, I want you to break it down for us. Tell me why. I need a good reason for each one. And we're going to start with Bengals and Titans. If you haven't fallen in love with Joe Burrow yet, I don't know what's wrong with you, but we also have the return of Derrick Henry. What do we do with this game?
1: Well, for me, it's the Joe Burrow part of it is if I were a neutral observer, I didn't care about the NFL. That's why I would tune in, because now you have a guy that is an ascending star, right, is going to be one of the quarterbacks, hopefully, over the next 10, 15 years. And it's fun to watch those guys at the various points of their careers. You know, Patrick Mahomes, first Super Bowl Hmm. run and what he was like on a national stage early on. Those are fun moments. It's fun to understand that and kind of the broader tapestry of what these guys end up being. And that's what this moment is for Joe Burrow. This is a huge moment for him potentially to win a second playoff game, to go to a conference championship game against a powerhouse team like the Chiefs or the Bills. And right now at this moment, the Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase connection is one of the more fun <laughs> things in all of sports to watch. One of the right. more electric kind of duos and tandems and connections. So if you can't get excited about the potential of watching that on your TV for three hours in a must-win game, then I can't help you.
0: Yeah, the must-win. It's so he's got a a chessboard next to his locker. What's the deal?
1: I, I don't, this guy, he's very. I don't know different. how to describe him there's like an effortless <laughs> confidence that goes with him that I sincerely appreciate him putting on those pink glasses the other day and then is there a right. significance to them be like I just like him what do you think uh, that is <laughs> sometimes I think that stuff is overstated with quarterbacks right like people right. Are worried about Justin Herbert being able to command a locker room and he was kind of quiet and I don't know if you necessarily need to be the coolest guy in the room but it helps if you are and it really does <laughs> seem like Joe Burrow is
0: Yeah, it seems like he's very comfortable in in who he is. Now, the only problem with what they've got to do, and I think a lot of, as you said, casual football fans have have sort of caught a glimpse of him and maybe paying attention for that reason, but they're they're at the Titans, and the Titans get Derrick Henry back. I don't know what the decibel levels will be in that stadium, but I imagine it will be quite loud when he enters that game. What can we expect?
1: It's going to be fun to see that Titans offense at full strength because we have not seen that in a long time. We said before the season when they traded for Julio Jones, the Titans were the best get-off-the-bus team in football. When you watch that team get off the bus with Julio and Derrick Henry and A.J. Brown, it's like, all right, like we can work with this. And it's been a while since we got to see that group and all of that firepower in one place and now we do and I'm just excited to watch it I that this Titans team has been very strange if you look at the aggregate of their season they're one of the worst number one seeds we've ever seen but they're not that team right now they're not the team they were for a huge chunk of this year so I would not count them out I would not rule them out of this game their defense is also a lot better than people think and a lot better than it's been in years past this has a chance to be a really good game even if it's not the marquee game on the schedule
0: is it me? I mean, I wait over here in sort of the, the uber casual NFL fan pool. And I feel like this Titans team, nobody, I don't hear anyone talking about them as much as any other team in this. Like it just, it almost feels like sometimes they're an afterthought when in reality
1: on the, on the schedule, they're not. If you look at it, I think one of the reasons is the thing, the reason they've been good this year, the reason they bit, they are the number one seed is because of their defense. It's Because the way their defense is played. And a casual NFL fan couldn't name me one person. No. On the Titans' defense, God, which under no. is understandable because they don't have any superstars on that side in terms of name recognition. But thirty-one, Kevin Byard, one of their starting safeties, he was an All-Pro safety for a lot of people this year. He was an All-Pro for me. He is a he is a star. Even if you don't know who he is, he's a right. really fun player to watch. Jeffrey Simmons, their defensive tackle, was a first-round pick a couple of years ago. Is an ascending player. You know they don't have any Aaron Donalds on that defense, right. but they don't have any weak links either. And that's why they've been so good. So, and just in terms of style, like they do a lot of interesting stuff. And this is getting too in the weeds, but they're just an underrated unit. And I think that's why it's hard for people to kind of understand why the Titans have been good this year because they've been good in a way that's kind of opaque and difficult to grasp.
0: All right. So that's that's game one. I'm obviously, I mean, and Roger Goodell will be at that game. I don't know if that's good bad. I'm no, I don't know what his jinx record is or isn't. Um, I won't go into that. However, then we've got eh, 49ers. At Green Bay. Green Bay, obviously, well-rested. 49ers going into a very cliched but appropriate term, the frozen tundra this weekend. It will be freezing and below. Um, do they have a shot in hell? Does yes. this 49ers team have a shot in hell? They do. Goodness, yes. Oh, my gosh. Feel,
1: see, I feel like this is the one game that
0: feels over already. Oh, I
1: totally disagree. I, All right. We talked about it on our show this morning, and if I was going to give you a reason to watch this game, there's a clip that's been going around of the Niners leaving their locker room and walking to the field with a guy who was holding a boombox playing Super Gremlin by Kodak Black walking next to the team. And there the two is. guys in the front of the line are Trent Williams and Debo Samuel. And you watch <laughs> them walk out there, and it's so imp- it, right away, my thought is, oh, that's the coolest team in the NFL. Like, that is the coolest team in terms of the guys they have and the star power that they have and the style of play from those guys. And that matters in a game like this, right? When you have a guy. Like Debo Samuel, when you have a George Kittle, a Trent Williams, a Nick Bosa, Fred Warner, Mm. there are high level players on that San Francisco team and their strengths match up well with where the Packers have been weakest this year. The Packers run defense is not very good. It hasn't been very good all year. They did a good job the first time these two teams played, but the Niners are a much better offense specifically running the ball than they were at that point. So I think the Niners can absolutely move the ball on offense and their defense, the Niners' defense. They're playing with something right now. They have an attitude and just the way they've collectively been able to figure out who they are over there. I mean, I think that is going to be a good game, a close game, an entertaining game. Really? I, the Niners, are, the Packers are better, right? I mean, the Packers are the yeah. number one seed. They're getting back all of these guys that they didn't have for a chunk of the year. I mean, they are absolutely the team to beat in the NFC. But this Niners team, when they don't turn the ball over, and when Jimmy doesn't do these Jimmy things that make you lose (laughs) your mind, they can play with anybody. And I think that's going to be true this weekend, too. Well, Jimmy's a little banged up, too. Are we not super concerned about that? To me, it's the decision-making is what always worries me. It's not about a physical deficiency. It's the, him. he threw one against the rams i was re-watching the game today and after he throws it it makes no sense why he would let that ball go and he kind of just bends over with his hands on his knees just, i'm sure he's just talking to himself his inner monologue <laughs> in that moment is like why why, why? and that's how why I, jimmy that's what we were all saying last week when he throws that pick against the cowboys it's like why james come on now that's james- all you james- can't do <laughs> just don't do that and you guys are gonna be okay the problem is He always wants to. He always wants to give you one or two. And if he gives the the Packers one or two, then it's going to be an issue. But if he doesn't, then I think that they have absolutely enough firepower to go toe-to-toe with the Packers.
0: I know last week, especially I think it was in the Buffalo game when Ian Eagle was talking about the temperatures, and they were almost silly cold. Do we, though, those of us on couches and on television and whatnot, are we making bigger deals about weather in games like this than than it actually is?
1: Yes. I think that cold is not that big of a deal. Even snow isn't that big of a deal, especially with a team like the Packers. They seem to right. love it. I mean, they <laughs> yeah, welcome these sick. sorts of conditions, <laughs> especially Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you watch him play when it's frigid out there and he has no issues whatsoever. Wind and rain, that's when it becomes a struggle to throw the ball efficiently. As long as it's not 50 mile, you know, 30, 40 mile an hour winds. If it's reasonable wind and it's just cold. I think you could see what you saw in Buffalo last week. I mean, they had no issues throwing the ball, and it's not like Aaron Rodgers lacks arm strength. I think he's going to be just fine slinging that thing around as long as it's just cold.
0: All right, so you think that game's going to be close. I, I, that's the only one I'm a little on the fence about as far as how competitive it will be. We're taking a quick break. A couple more games. One that I think is super sexy. We'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back to What Did I Miss? We've got Robert on talking football this weekend. Um, obviously, I, I whined a lot about how bored I was last weekend watching football. I don't anticipate that kind of boredom again. I actually think this will be why NFL playoffs are great. These games that we have look, to look forward to. And we start the second round here with um, Rams-Bucks. Second segment, really. Rams-Bucks. So for me, my five minutes I lived in L.A., I, I sort of grew to love the Rams. I also am an American, so I don't care for Tom Brady. Uh, what do I do with this game? Do Do the Rams... Are we going to be disappointed by them again?
1: They can disappoint you. And we've seen Mm -hmm. that all year, right? I mean, this to me, if you were kind of putting it on a marquee, it's the most star-laden team in the NFL against the greatest player of all time. I mean, that's kind of how it feels. And that star-laden team in Los Angeles has let us down at times this year because – we see the highs. You know, you've seen it over oh. the first month of the season, and then at points since. You know, you watch a game like they played against the Cardinals. The Rams did it on that Monday night, and you watch what that offense looks like and the passing game looks like when it's high flying. I mean, they were the most efficient passing offense in football, and they have that level. But then you have Stafford. Every once in a while, some of those decisions, especially I mean, inside your own twenty, inside your own thirty, giving games away, and there's also that gear to them. So that's the problem, is that they have this place they can reach. We saw it against the Cardinals last week. But again, if they're going to turn the ball over, if the decision-making is a little bit iffy, then they also have a pretty low floor. So I think absolutely, at their best, they can play with the Bucs and they can beat the Bucs. I've already seen that happen this year. But there's also... A version of the Rams that we have to worry about.
0: I almost feel like there should be this mental decision-making game between Jimmy Garoppolo and Matthew Stafford. But I don't know how you would judge it. You'd have to like hook them up to some sort of weird machine. But the difference the thing is is you about Matthew Stafford is Matthew Stafford,
1: with yeah. the Matthew Stafford well, lows because the highs are so high. The, the Jimmy, highs are the high. Jimmy highs are a little bit lower, so it's <laughs> harder to reconcile Poor and Jimmy. justify the low points.
0: So with the Stafford thing, I know the biggest deal, and, and rightfully so, was he got the monkey off his back with the, a playoff win. How much will that? boost to confidence for him specifically going into this game
1: i think it helps you know they they only lost three playoff games and he was in detroit and they were a touchdown underdog in every single one of those games so it's not as if he squandered chances but this is the difference right i mean matthew stafford is the same guy for better or for worse right now that he was for most of his time in detroit but the offense and the support system and everything else around him is so much better And that's the Mm -hmm. nice part about it. And that's kind of why you want to sit there and look at him before every drive and be like, you don't need to do this all yourself. You don't need to be a superhero, right? We have Cooper Cup. We have Odell Beckham in one-on-one situations. We can run the ball now with Cam Akers back healthy. So there's so much around him that he should implicitly trust. And as long as they do that, I think that they can be just fine.
0: I wonder how hard it is though for... Is that it? Like he just has a hard time sort of understanding and accepting the situation he's in now is almost as good as it can be like it's a pretty damn good situation maybe he's having a hard time accepting that like to trust it fully
1: there are guys that want to make the big play they are wired to make the big play they want to push it and that's what a lot of his interceptions are especially those 50 50 arm punts down the field those are him trying to chew it off all at once and we didn't see that last week and as long as we don't see that moving forward and they kind of tailor the game plan to not allow him and not force him to do that. I mean, we've seen what this offense can do. When they're rolling, they're as good as anybody. And fun.
0: And it's fun. And, and so on the other side of things, you have Tom Brady, one of a handful of athletes in all the sports where if he's in the game, I give him the odds every single time. Now, what pieces he has, what pieces he doesn't have, what has to happen for somehow this Buccaneers team to lose this
1: game? Tristan Wirf's their right tackle is hurt. And if he's not 100% and you have to play against that Rams front, whether it's Leonard Floyd or Von Miller, that's a concern. Uh, that, that's where it starts to me. And then the other side of that is his receiving options are hurt. They don't have Chris Godwin. They don't have Antonio Brown. And we talk about this kind of in two simple terms sometimes with football where, well, this corner is going to guard this wide receiver. And if he can take him out of the game, that's all you need. But with Jalen Ramsey and Mike Evans, we've seen it. There's no imagination necessary. I mean, the way they've used Jalen Ramsey at times, last year especially, they put him on Mike Evans. They put him on big-body receivers like that. And with the way the rest of the Bucs receiving group looks like, they might feel comfortable doing that. They might think, you know what? If we have Jalen on Mike Evans and we take that away, we feel really good about the rest of our secondary being able to hold down who they have. And that was the problem last week against the Eagles, is that Mike Evans did whatever he wanted. They didn't have that guy. So if Jalen can travel with Mike Evans and say, we are erasing you from the game, you are not going to have more than 60 yards. What does the rest of the Bucks offense look like?
0: Oh man. Oh, so this I maybe mean, this will be, I just wanted to, again, I just want good games. I do not have a horse in any of these. Um this la, the second, this last game, Bill's Chiefs. So I think it was the Joe Burrow. Josh Allen, those are sort of the the faces that have emerged. I think for especially casual football fans, and what Buffalo did last week against Bill Belichick in crappy cold weather, um, do you expect them to have the same sort of confident looking, powerful, successful run
1: in Kansas City? They uh, certainly could. I mean, that offense has found a lot of answers. I mean, if you need to know how excited I am for this game, my buddy's getting <laughs> married on Saturday night. I'm, I'm probably going to be at the wedding until I don't know one, two in the morning. I'm getting on a plane first thing Sunday morning and going to Kansas City for this game. That's how badly I want to go watch it because that's how good I think it's going to be. And you look at what the Bills are right now offensively. Josh Allen is – there are a few athletes in the world that are more fun than Josh Allen and more entertaining when he's really clicking. I mean, that combination of – this big, goofy quarterback who can make things happen with his legs, but also has a missile launcher attached to his right arm and some of the throws that he can make. And their offense is really tailored to him in a way that really allows him to express that stuff. I mean, everything about what they are offensively now is set up for those kind of fireworks. And the Chiefs are always like that. So if you want a game that's just kind of a trading of haymakers back and forth for three <laughs> and a half hours I think this could be the game for you and that's why I'm going to scramble to an airport on a few hours sleep and make it happen
0: okay wait so you're the wedding will end you'll you'll party 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 turn around what kind of like are you gonna sleep at all I mean is there even yeah i also sleep? have
1: to sleep because unfortunately I will have to re. I'll have to watch Chiefs pack or Chiefs Niners on DVR oh on Sunday morning before I get on the plane so I'll sleep for like two or three hours Okay, you're insane.
0: And it's going to be cold. Like, what's wrong with you? That's you don't not want as to cold there as it couch? is here.
1: I mean, so that's true. It's, it's, it's right. You're in be Chicago. Change of pace for me.
0: I keep forgetting that. I keep forgetting that. You know what? The Chiefs had such a weird start to the season, and I think if you sort of stopped paying attention and, and didn't know, like maybe you still think I don't know. I don't know what you think this Chiefs team is. Does this Chiefs team feel to you like the Chiefs team of old, like one that could easily keep going and let this thing run out, or does this game feel a lot more challenging than it should? I think them. this is
1: the best team they've played in the AFC when it comes to their competition. You know that Packers, that uh, Patriots team a couple of years ago in the 2018 Mahomes MVP season was very good, but I think this Chiefs team or this <laughs> the Bills team is the most complete. You, know, you look at what the Bills were last year; they were really good. You know their offense was the top three, top four offense. Their defense was still very good. They were much better in the second half of the year. And they looked at what they needed to do this offseason. They said, we need you know, three, four things. We need some pass rush help. We need maybe a little bit more help here, a little bit more help there. They went and got offensive line depth, and they tried to finish this thing off. That, that was their goal this offseason. We're going to make our last two or three finishing strokes to have a title team. And they did it. And, and you look at what they are now, cool. and they're just different enough. You, know, you got guys like Isaiah McKenzie contributing in ways that he didn't at this time last year their running game is better than it was at this time last year their defense is more complete even without trey white their best defensive player arguably at every level they have really solid players there are very few weak links and that's what they tried to do you know coming into the season i think they had a real case as the most complete team in the nfl the best roster in the nfl and now we test that now we see if they did enough to finally get over the hump
0: If you had to predict an upset in any of the games this weekend, what do you think?
1: I actually don't know what the lines are in a lot of these games. I think the Titans are favored by like three and a half points at home. So it's a pretty even game. The Bengals could absolutely win that game. I mean, when you have a quarterback advantage, which I think the Bengals do, even if I'm a Ryan Tannehill supporter relative to others. I think that <laughs> relative to others, uh, Ryan Tannehill well, gets a bad rap. I think Ryan he really Tannehill does. is just fine. I mean, you could do a he lot does. worse <laughs> a quarterback than Ryan Tannehill. You could do a lot better, too, which a lot of these playoff teams are showing us. But I think that <laughs> game is going to be a toss up. And you know, if the Bengals are technically the underdogs, I think they could win. I think the Niners could win. I mean, if the Niners, put really, together, d- oh, God, I absolutely, that's, that's I do. I mean, it, me. you watch the way they played against the Cowboys last week and you watch how suffocating that defense is. Listen. Aaron Rodgers and that Packers offense is a different animal than sure. going against the Cowboys. You know, there are ways that the Niners played in that game that aren't going to work against Aaron Rodgers. If you're going to sit there and play soft zone against Rodgers, he'll throw the ball to Devontae Adams 18 20 times. He doesn't <laughs> care. And that's right. the difference. Is they'll take what's there. So it can't be the exact same formula, but how fast that team plays, how healthy they are now, you know, hopefully Fred Warner's close to 100%. I, I just think that that group overall, they're really, really good, and the Packers are the best team. But the Niners are nothing to sneeze at here.
0: But that that uh, I don't know why that makes me feel all optimistic because I, I thought for some reason that game could get ugly, and I'm hoping that you're right. Because I do want it to be good. Because in my mind, I, this, this Packers season has felt so bizarre on and off the field that it just feels like they're on a mission straight to the Super Bowl and a win. And so if there was any sort of a hiccup or obstacle along the way, I, I'm for it. Like, I want to have chaos.
1: This is the thing that is always true with playoff games. When you look at the Niners and you look at the Packers, the Niners are propelled by the machine that they've created offensively, right? Jimmy, Co- Jimmy Garoppolo is merely a cog in that machine. And when you have that sort of setup. You can solve fewer problems, more things that can go wrong because you need that machine to be perfectly calibrated. The Packers have Aaron Rodgers. He solves every problem. So more (laughs) things need to go right for the Niners to be in that game and potentially win. But if those things go right, they absolutely have that sort of ceiling. I want to
0: thank you. I want you to stock up on sleep now while you can. I wish that's how it worked, but do it anyways. Uh, Your podcast coming up through this week and the rest are going to be all must listen. And I look for some good tweets from Kansas City on Sunday. And I hope they're completely sleep-derived and gibberish. I really appreciate that because they will be. So I I will meet expectations. (laughs) Thank you, Robert Mays. Be careful. Thanks for having me. All right. Take a quick break. We'll be back. All right, welcome back. We're about to wind things down. But uh, as you may or may not know, we've got a hotline now, um, 631-397-0403. I will give that to you again at the end of this bad boy. But according to my producers, we've gotten a few voicemails on here uh, and we would love more. But Q, I'm almost afraid to ask. What do you have for me?
1: Oh, man, they actually they're not too bad. They're not too bad. I was worried at first when we gave the number out, what kind of yeah. calls we were actually going
0: to get. I mean, who doesn't want to ask Beatle anything? Oh, no. Because they can ask you anything <laughs> in this voicemail or text message. And yeah, it, this one's good. We're going to play an easy one for you. So okay. I'm going to play oh, it and you let me know. Okay.
1: All right, here we go. Hey, Beetle, Just calling to say that I absolutely love you. You're one of the shiny, happy people. Or at least you seem to be. If you're not, you hide it so well. <laughs> and for that, I love you alone.
0: Oh, gosh. That that was just a nice voicemail? Yeah, it was nice. He says he loves you. I know, he loves me. Also, I am hiding it quite well. Inside, I am crying and afraid of everything. Um, yeah, that was very nice. He almost sounded kind of familiar to me, but I think that's partly voicemails, and we're so not used to hearing them. Wow, that was a nice voicemail. I don't even, okay. I don't know. I almost feel a little cocky now. I'm ready for another one, Q. It's,
1: it's pretty <laughs> cool getting voicemails, right? Reminiscent of the old days. From yeah, back because in the day, right? my
0: friends know not to do that.
1: On my phone. So I'll never hear it. But I actually
0: like this. This is different. Uh yeah, yeah this is I'm, different. I'm, i this is good. I'm good. What else? All right. We have one more for you. Um tell me if this one sounds familiar to you.
1: Okay. Hey, it's Robert, your your brother. Um calling the hotline about what I missed. I just want to make sure mom didn't miss her meds. Can you uh make sure or see if she took them today? All right. See you. <laughs>
0: Such a jackass. Yeah, that was my brother. Um, You know what? Why do I always have to check on our mom? She's our mom. Like, I don't know why I have to do everything. No, she did not miss her meds. I got got it all taken care of, Robert. I'm almost honored that he even knows what I'm doing for a living right now. That is way ahead of where we usually are as a sister brother combo (laughs) so that is really good um he was actually
1: helping you out he was being a good brother his job was to
0: remind you to check on mother and make sure her meds was well being taken so because between the two of us obviously i'm the irresponsible one so that (laughs) totally makes sense okay this is good so we know the voicemail hotline works we would love 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 we love texts don't get me wrong But we also love voicemails, and we kind of want to hear your beautiful voices because that's half the battle. So please, voicemail, anything. Send us a message. Leave us a message. All of those good things. Q has the unfortunate job of having to hear all of them. (laughs) Keep him entertained more than anything else. The reminder is 631-397-0403. We still need to come up with a much catchier way of remembering that, and we will, I promise. We have a whole weekend to do so. Enjoy the games. Enjoy the weekend. Stay warm wherever you are, and we'll see you guys next week.